love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Haley Chura. I have my voice back. I sound like normal. I, and um, I'm joined by my, if you listened last week, I was a little raspy. But I am joined by my co-host every single week, Alyssa Gadeski. Alyssa, can you tell that not only do I have a more normal voice, you can see me right now. Can you tell I have a bit of a suntan? Ooh, you know, I can. It looks um, like you're glowing. You must have spent some quality time in getting some vitamin D on the West Coast. I did. So the raspy voice came from Ironman 70.3 St. George um, last week, if anyone missed it. I Something about running in very dry air um, some, seems to aggravate my vocal cords, but I'm back to full health. I did some R&R recovery in Southern California in the LA area after the race, which was fantastic. I have not spent much time in California during my life and just mostly going in and out for races. So this is like spending a week there. Um, my mom is working there right now. So I went and visited and I, I I spent a week there and it's always one of those things where I'm like, why do so many people live in California? I don't get it. And then you walk out of the airport and you just realize like <laughs> the ocean and the mountains are right there. The weather is perfect. And I'm like, Oh, this is why. And then you go have a meal and you have like, their food is really good. And I'm like, I get it. Now I get it. I get why, why everyone lives in California. I know. And it, you know, I don't know. I've always just kind of, um, settled it in my mind as being like, that's like a, then I'd enjoy it when I'm vacationing there or I'm training camp there or something else. Right. But, um, it did look like you also had a lot of fun in California with some uh, Smashfest queen team friends. Is that right? Do you guys, you had some company for your like recovery workouts. I did. So I did debut my new Smashfest queen kit in St. George. I got so many compliments on that. I actually got on the coverage on the Facebook live coverage, um, complimenting my kit, which is always like exactly what I'm going for. But even when I was running, I had some compliments on my kit, which was like, it was nice. You know, when you're having like not your best day of your entire existence and then someone's like, but you look great. I'm like, yeah, but I look great. So anyway, thank you to Smash Rose Queen for designing my kit. But, um, there is a team and several of the women who on that team live in in the LA area. So I roped Taryn and Jen and Lynn and the other Jen, two Jens into some recovery swims, runs, and, um, a walk on the beach. I mean, I got, I, I did, I needed some social time. Okay. We've talked about, I am, I was like, you know, I'm now like three weeks post vaccination. And I know that you're not necessarily supposed to like start like traveling right away, but I had to travel for work and then I traveled to see my mom, but it is, there's a lot of that anxiety is not as much there, you know, after being vaccinated and I have missed social time and being able to like go outside on a beautiful day and run along, you know, the Santa Monica beach with a couple other women who are also like into triathlon was the community that I have totally missed. I, it was just the biggest treat for me. I, I mean, 
it, the miles just flew by. It was so fantastic. I had so much fun. So thank you to those ladies for, for showing me their neighborhood and showing me why California is so special and helping me recover. I am, I'm back in Montana now. Um, it snowed while I was gone and the snow is gone now. So thank goodness. But Montana's nice too. But it was it, it helped remind me like why I like triathlon, you know, both the race and then seeing these women afterwards remind me why I like the triathlon, you know, the, the community part of it that we have definitely missed during the last year. And Haley, did you incorporate your, um, smash fest queen had a virtual race for mother's day, which was oh, yes! started doing this last year. And so, um, you can do a 5k, 10k half marathon, I picked the 10K and raced the 10K yesterday. We're recording on Monday. So yesterday was Mother's Day. Um, did you, did you, last year you made like a video, you raced up a mountain, right? Up and down, up a mountain. I did. I raced up and down. I did a 5K up and down a mountain last year. And my mom helped me film it and make a video. This year was slightly different. I was visiting my mom and um, my mom's a great athlete. She's like such a fantastic athlete, but she's been a little bit injured. So we, we walked a 5k on the beach okay. in Malibu. Oh, that sounds us. perfect. Us. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I feel it like when was you're amazing. doing your 5k on a beach in Malibu, you want to walk cause you want to take as long as possible so that you're like enjoying the moments. <laughs> It was spectacularly beautiful. So not a PR, but not every race has to be a PR. And I did like, I, I did soak up the mom time, which again is something that I've, my, my parents have, you know, they live in Montana, but my mom has been working in California for a while. And it, it was like, I have desperately missed that. Cause I'm so used to living only like 15 minutes away and it's been like eight months. And so it has been definitely a, a, a bit of a, a change. So that was, yeah. Soaking up mom time. Soaking up beach time. It was a special day, but tell me about this 10 K. How was it? What did you do? Did you anything fun? I did. Well, so the, the fun came at the 10 K of course. So <laughs> I, I actually, I hate the 10 K distance. Like I would have never picked that on my own. Um, I definitely probably would have just picked the 5 K because uh, I'm still like building back my run from my stress fracture. So I, I definitely would have been like, yeah, raising a half marathon is a little beyond where I like would could really race the whole distance. So um, I was kind of hoping for the 5K, but I left it up to my coach, Hilary Biscay, to pick for me with my training plan. And she felt that the 10K was the perfect distance for where I am right now in training. And um, I, I then had signed up my boyfriend, Matt. And so he and I coach Matt. So that meant he also got to race the 10K, but he got to race it at my pace and pace me um, as part of his training for the day. So, um, and then I also had my training partner here that I've been running with, Maddie. She um, was racing with us too. So we had a little group and there's here in Lebanon, New Hampshire, um, there's like a rail trail. It's it's over 50 miles long to go the whole way. But um, so it's a very easy for this type of thing where you can just hit a distance and then flip around and, and run back, um, the way out, you know, you're kind of heading up river. So you get a little bit of an uphill more so in those first miles, but nothing like it's quite hilly in the upper Valley. So, um, this is like the flattest option you could have, and you can, you can definitely get some speed going on there. So Haley, I was, I was psyched. I ran, you know, my ultimate goal, I still have this goal to break 41 day of the 10 K and I didn't do that. I ran like a 41 I don't know, 20 something. I think I forget. I should have had that, but like six, just under 640 pace, which, um, you know, we didn't know. I haven't really, I've been doing some tempo running, um, but nothing like major for speed work. So, um, I'm super, super excited that, you know, just the consistency and the strength work I've been doing clearly is, is putting some speed in my legs. Um, and so that was fun. And, 
I'm trying to think I, you know, I hung out with Ramona. Oh, and then, but I did, I want to tell you about the mother's day present I had for my mom, because it's like, this is probably the best present I've ever given my mom. It was like very thoughtful. So one of my, the athletes that I coach, Julie, she started this business. It's actually called at fueled by cookies. If you want to follow her on Instagram, I'm sure she'll be thrilled with this shout out, but, um, it's mostly like a local, local oriented business. So if you're in Maryland, then maybe you can, you can work with her. Um, and she uses a 3d printer Haley, and my mind is still like blown. I still don't quite understand it, but she makes these like really cool designed cookies. And so I had her for my mom, because my parents live in Maryland, they could pick up the cookies as the present, make these cookies that like some were new hampshire themed some were california themed actually like beach like you were walking on in malibu um some were maryland themed because so my sister's in california i'm in new hampshire and then my parents are in maryland so some were maryland themed and then the like last few cookies were um they had all three states and then like this plane flying a path between them all and then a quote that julie came up with that was like a mother's love knows no distance you know and so it was super cute Haley. and my mom called me she was crying she loved these cookies and it was like you know um since i like wasn't with my mom on that day i felt like i really just kind of nailed that number one daughter spot first of all and then (laughs) also it was just really nice and um you know i don't know it's cool like with technology and things these days like yeah it was just I think um I had a really good mother's day even though I didn't get to like be with my mom in person oh that is really sweet and I am a big fan of edible gifts so (laughs) I I also would call some cry because I'm always like so hungry when I check the mail and then I'm like oh yes food thank you so um yeah I'm not anyone's mother but I you know I think that is a great gift (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so well done and well done on your 10k I I that was impressive and your foot felt good I mean that's a big win if your foot felt okay through all that yeah everything's feeling good so we are you know we've been conservative with the ramp up and things like that just kind of trusting that um you know if I if I do feel good to race Coeur at the end of June you know more than anything the miles I have like historically in my body will be fine it's not like we need to get a ton of run miles for me, um, to feel good about racing there. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm sleeping well with that. And this was definitely a nice little boost that we're on the right track again. So, um, just more fuel to the fire to have some races happening. Um, and kind of on that theme of races happening, the feisty team is launched. Um, you might have seen some of the like TikTok videos promoting this and it's with the, um, it's called the level up. It's the level up summit, right? We are calling it a summit. Yes. I think it's considered a summit. It's a kind of a mini summit because it's only three days, yeah. three evenings, but it's free for any members of the feisty team. But if you are not a member of the feisty team, you can join for $39. Um, and if you are listening to this podcast and haven't signed up, you can use the code feisty friends at feistytriathlon.com and get $5 off that $39 fee if you want. So $34 for our listeners, but this is like a level. It's a, it's a, it's a mini summit, May 18th through 20th. So Tuesday through Thursday evening, 4 PM Pacific to 6 30 PM Pacific, which is seven to nine 30 Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your evening, um, it, and it's going to be, you know, a kind of a, a return to racing summit. I think getting people jazzed for, for racing. I heard Vic Brumfield from USA Triathlon is going to be one of the keynotes. Alyssa, you and I 
are going to be part of this. We're hosting a panel. More did you, did you, are you ready? Have you prepped? <laughs> <laughs> the prep is the prep is um happening as we speak Haley. I mean, you know, you and I are we're we're born to moderate panels at this point. So, I think we've got this covered, but we will be moderating a panel about the future of triathlon, which is going to be a fun one. So, you don't want to miss that. Um and I think it'll be, you know, it'll just be again, it's going to be a nice little recharge. Um, I think we're all getting excited about the community aspect happening again as we return to racing and being able to see each other. And this is going to be like one kind of stepping stone on the way for those connections. So um, feistytriathlon.com, you can sign up for the summit with $5 off for with the code feistyfriends, all in capitals. Um, or you can also go to feistytriathlon.com if you want to just jump in and join the feisty team um, for a month or the whole year. And you'll get access to a lot more stuff with that. So super fun. Yeah. If you are super savvy, the best way, the cheapest way to to watch, to listen to Alyssa and I on this is to join the Feisty team for one month, $23, and then just cancel <laughs> right after. No, you might <laughs> like it. You might want to stay. Um, the Feisty team does have like a, they have a, a educational resources section that like catalogs all of these, the summits, the past expert speakers that they've had. So if you're on the feisty team, you can watch at a different time. If you're not on the feisty team, you have to be online May 18th through 20th in the evening. Um, again, those details at feistytriathlon.com. And Haley, since we actually have a nice long interview for people to listen to this week, we are going to push off the mailbag one more week. So um, people, you can keep sending in your questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. If you have mailbag questions for us about triathlon or life or anything, we'd be happy to take a stab at that. And that leads me to our interview that we have for everyone this week, Haley. And we're really excited to bring you our chat with Sophie Watts. So Sophie recently finished uh, seventh place at Ironman 70.3 in St. George the other weekend. And Sophie decided to start racing 70.3 in February of 2021. So this has been a like fast track to success for her because she kicked off her long course career in Galveston with a third place. Um, so, you know, we bring Sophie on to get to know her a little bit better. We share more about her background, talk about these two successful races she started with and just to hear more about her goals and what she wants to have ahead. So um, really fun talk getting to know Sophie after the word from our sponsors. Hey folks, Sarah and Sarah here from Feisty Media's If We Were Riding podcast. So Sarah, do you remember last year when we created the feistiest team in endurance sports? Oh, I remember. <laughs> it's a, okay, it's a team that faces challenges head on, understands the connection between mental and physical health, understands the value of a good laugh. We definitely understand that. Um, and aims to get the best out of ourselves and each other in sport and life. Yeah, so we've had a full year of virtual happy hours and expert talks, team challenges, awesome prizes, and swag. And we are ready to open the door for year two of the Feisty Team. We are relaunching officially, but that's not all. They wouldn't call us feisty if we didn't have something extra up our sleeves. <laughs> so this year, since racing is kicking off again, we decided to kick off even harder. On May 18th to 20th, we'll be hosting the Level Up Summit, which is three evenings of learning and fun to set the tone for 2021. At Level Up, we'll discuss everything you'll need to start your race season off with a bang. 
Work with your female physiology to get the best out of yourself and stay true to our community goal of creating a more inclusive sport. So when you sign up for the Feisty Team, you get access to the Level Up Summit for free. You can also sign up for the Summit separately if you wish, if you just want to get like a taste of what the Feisty Team is about. Head on over to FeistyTriathlon.com for all the deets. Yep, that's FeistyTriathlon.com, which is also a brand new website. Racing is back and together we will level up. The Iron Women Podcast wants to give a huge shout out to Orca Sportswear for their continued support in 2021. As someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. Hi, Sophie. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, Alyssa and Haley. It's great to be here and um, just very thankful to, to be chatting with you ladies today and hopefully dig into some good topics and just share a, a special moment together. So I'm super excited to be here. Very thankful to you for doing this. Oh, well, we can't wait to talk to you about all of the things. Um, so first <laughs> up, though, Huge congratulations on your most recent seventh place finish at St. George 70.3. This race, Sophie, was only your second 70.3. And as we all know from watching that coverage, it was nothing short of a world championship caliber field. I was just grazing through the top 13 women aside from yourself would be like people that I would call pretty seasoned long course athletes, <laughs> right? So what was your mindset going into that race with such a competitive field? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, praise God. Um, it was just an incredible opportunity, especially after the year that we've all had with pandemic and just not being able to race, I think is just, it's, it takes a toll. I'm sure, uh, you guys are acquainted, acquainted with that as well as everyone that raced at St. George, uh, this last weekend. Um, so just getting back out there, um, regardless of the fact that it was super competitive, super stacked. Um, it was just a blessing to be racing again. Um, but yeah, for me going in, I was just really excited. Honestly, I talking to my husband and my family and coach, this is the best part of, I feel your career in a sense. It's when you're beginning something new because there really isn't very much pressure, I guess from my ITU background, coming from that background, maybe there is a little bit of pressure there, but I certainly didn't feel any pressure going into the race to perform to a certain standard or to have a certain outcome. Um, I just wanted to go out there, have fun, have a great experience, um, especially talking to my coach when I did make the transition over this year, the beginning of this year to 70.3 focus, long course focus. Uh, the goal really was just get experience uh, on lots of different courses against lots of incredible women. And the fact that we had the world champion there and Paula Finley and Heather, uh, I guess Heather Jackson wasn't there, but many of the uh, top American women like Jackie, um, Sky. I mean, it's just incredible to be racing these women that I've looked up to and really followed over the years. Um, and to, to be among them and, and racing them is just, it's a blessing. And uh, learned a lot from the race, really excited going forward and uh, just really enjoying the process. It's uh, it's really ignited the fire within me in, in many ways. Again, um, not that that it was lost over the last year or two, but uh, 
definitely new goals, fresh motivation. Uh, it's been awesome. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to what's ahead. And with the race specifically, how did it feel like it unfolded from your point of view? Like, did you, you know, kind of keep that pressure off of yourself through the whole day and just kind of, were you able to really, you know, enjoy it minute by minute or did it change while you were out there racing? Yeah. I mean, I've always been about staying in the moment and executing each part of the race, each leg of the race as it comes at me. So on the swim, I'm not thinking about the bike on the bike. I'm not thinking about the run to a certain extent, obviously you don't want to burn too many matches and then come along to your next leg and, and be totally toast. Um, but I, I definitely really try to stay in the moment. And for example, on the swim, I'm focusing on my form. I'm focusing you know, on my placement in the water. Am I able to draft off of one of the other women to save some energy there? Um, similar on the bike, how is my position? Am I arrow? How do I feel? Am I drinking? Am I eating and taking on my nutrition okay? So I think just focusing on all those little details really helps me stay in the moment and stay focused and not worry so much about what's going on around me, um, especially going into my first ever 70.3 in Galveston, Texas. I had no idea. I, I, I knew my power numbers and I knew somewhat what I was capable of on the day, but I had never raced that length before. The longest I'd ever done was an Olympic non-draft. So definitely never had been on the bike for 56 miles, two and a half hours. So, um, I think just staying within myself and focusing on, this is what I can control. Uh, these are my numbers. And even though these women are going by me on the bike, just zooming by me right now, just focus where I'm at on my numbers. I know I'm good. And, um, just let the chips fall as they may. So, you know, that perspective may change as I gain more experience and, you know, just learn so much more about the the tactical aspects of non-draft and how to best run off the bike and how hard can I bike and, and still maintain a good run. So, uh, and also updating equipment, things like that, especially on, on my bike, um, definitely really excited. And it's kind of like a puzzle. You're learning all these different things and putting things together and creating hopefully a masterpiece at some point that <laughs> that's the fun of it. And Sophie, you mentioned Galveston and which was your 70.3 debut a few weeks before St. George, you finished third there on the podium in your very first 70.3. And I think what, one of the things we found fascinating was that your run split in St. George was actually 45 seconds faster than your run split in Galveston. For folks who don't, aren't familiar with those courses, Galveston is a very, very, very flat half marathon course, a lot of turns, mm -hmm. but very flat. St. George doesn't have a flat, like footstep in that entire course. It's very hilly, very exposed. Um, I, I think it was a lot warmer this year in St. George versus Galveston. So I am curious about what you learned between those two races mm -hmm. and anything you did specifically different in St. George, because uh, were you holding back in Galveston? Mm. Yeah. So Galveston, I mean, the bike courses were completely different as well. With Galveston, it was much more of a time trial friendly course, right? And Sky and Heather and these women are incredible on the bike. I mean, their their position, they're just so dialed in. And so I, I knew that was probably going to be the most challenging leg for me in a sense of can I hold my position in in you know the arrow position as as long as I need to, especially on such a time trial based course where it's just Know, flat out and back. And there was a major headwind coming back for, for all of us as well. And so that was definitely 
tedious in a sense of we went out super fast feeling really good and then coming back and hitting this headwind and I mean I think we were all going out 30 35 miles an hour and then 18 miles an hour on the way back and so that was definitely difficult um but yeah I I think I this this the hillier strength-based courses suit me slightly better they always have uh especially growing up in high school, uh, all of our cross-country courses were super hilly in Northern Virginia. So I've always loved the hills and I'm definitely a strength-based runner. I, I do do a lot of strength, aerobic strength sort of running um, in my training. Um, and I, I've always enjoyed hills on the bike as well. Um, so I think sort of flat biking where you're just putting out power continuously for two and a half hours, that's definitely an area I'm growing in and have seen a lot of improvement and potential in and so to prepare for that obviously just being on the the triathlon bike on the trainer just doing efforts for <laughs> two and a half hours uh of work there so uh but it's been awesome i really enjoy just the grind and and just focusing in on my power and my position and being able to translate translate that to real world conditions on the race course so but i i think that kind of aligns with the goals uh, that my coach and I have set is just getting a lot of different experiences this year. So, you know, on a super hilly course and being able to run well off of that, I, I definitely surprised myself and how good I did feel on the run because um, uh, the bike was pretty hard uh, and, and coming off of it, the first mile or so, I was I was a bit concerned about how, how I felt, but once I did get into a rhythm and uh, the hardest part of that was definitely the mile three hill and then chugging up that, but was able to get in a really good rhythm and just, again, focus on my form, focus, I'm getting water on and, and just those little things that keep me from focusing on the pain too much, I guess. <laughs> and Sophie, you've mentioned your coach a couple of times. Who is your coach? So I work with Ken Axford, uh, mostly remotely. He's based in Colorado Springs. Uh, and I was based or am still based in Kingsport, although I'll be moving shortly since my husband is uh, joining the U.S. Navy for the officer candidate school. So, but yeah, I've been with Ken about two years um, and it's been it's been great. We, we work really well together, really aligned on our, our viewpoints and methodology and how we view the world, not only just training, but also uh, family and, and marriage and a lot of other things that, you know, as, as athletes, I mean, they do affect our performances. I've always been a big believer of, you know, if, if you're happy and, and you have a happy life, a happy marriage, um, that that's just going to make you all around better athlete. At least that's what I've found to be true in my own life. Um, cause you do truly need that support and just finding what those priorities are is super important. So he's definitely, very intelligent and really understands the training needed and the, the level of competition and how to get me there, but can also offer that perspective of the life, the important sport life balance that we all need to have as well. So I'm very, very thankful for him. And um, he, yeah, just been a great mentor to me. And speaking of that balance, I think that you had some downtime after the race to enjoy some time with family. Did you guys stay in St. George at all? And I guess I'm, I'm asking because I'm wondering, I know a lot of our listeners will be heading to St. George in September for 70.3 World Championships. So did you have time to do any sightseeing there? And do you have any recommendations for people if you did? 
Yes. Yeah. So me and my husband went out there. My, my parents stayed on the East coast. So, but they will likely come out. One of them will likely come out with me to St. George in September for the world championships. So we kind of did a preview of all the <laughs> places that they should go. Um, so yeah, it was great. I, I definitely recommend going to Zion. That was just so incredible. We totally messed up and we forgot to book tickets to go up to, I guess, Angel's Landing and sort of the main section of the park. But we went up to this other trail called Canyon Overlook that was, I thought it was just as pretty, if not prettier than <laughs> some of the other shots I had seen from inside the park. Um, lesser known park that we went to actually was the Valley, the State Valley of Fire, Valley of Fire State Park got it backwards but it's in nevada and that was incredible and they have these really cool rocks formations we saw some um petroglyphs which are these ancient carvings um from from some of the tribes that lived in that area from like four thousand years ago so that was super cool um i'm a total history buff because i studied history in college majored in it so and hunter has definitely gotten into it a lot too so um, yeah, we had a great time uh, just exploring and giving him a little bit of a break from being the <laughs> the Sherpa of all my gear and uh, the logistic man. He, I'm, It was just crazy logistic-wise. That was completely different, obviously, in St. George, too, because of the two transitions. So um, definitely so thankful for the support. Uh, I just can't imagine trying to come on my own to a race like this and figure it out. It would be really tough. <laughs> Well, good news for our listeners. They can, they now know that you need to book tickets, book no, tickets for your September trip. I know. Yes. But yeah. if you don't, there's, there's lots of other options too. It sounds like it wasn't a total bust, um, not booking tickets. But so if you want to back up a little bit and kind of dig into your background, because some of our listeners might not be aware of it. Um, and we believe you mentioned cross country running, growing up running, but I believe you also swam competitively through mm -hmm. high school. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So I actually began as a swimmer. So my dad was a U.S. Navy captain. So I grew up near the water. I was born in San Diego. Uh, so it was definitely a, a water baby growing up. Um, parents just kind of threw me in and <laughs> sink or swim. Right. So uh, that was that was just awesome. Just being out there playing with my friends at the pool uh, really developed a love for the water and, and just a love for competition as well. And that really continued on as I started competing in swimming. Uh, what was great about what my parents, their mentality and approach to sport though, especially when I was young, is they really encouraged me to try lots of different sports. So even though I enjoyed swimming the most and probably had the most potential there, they really encouraged me to try soccer and basketball and uh, softball and all. I mean, I was awful at all of them, but <laughs> I think just, just getting out there and experiencing different things um, helped me not becoming too intense or too focused at an early age, um, which I think can sometimes be a bit detrimental and lead to burnout later on. So I'm definitely very thankful um, for their approach and always very encouraging. Um, their biggest thing was always start what you finish. So even if you hate it, even if you're terrible at it, finish the season and, and commit to your team and um, then move on and try the next thing. So that was kind of all growing up what I was doing. Um, we moved a ton. I moved about eight times. We did one overseas tour in Japan. So uh, alongside of that, I just really de de developed a love for travel, um, for meeting new people that were just different from my own. 
um, having amazing conversations, you know, with people in Japan or China or in Europe. My mom's actually um, from the Netherlands, so I'm a dual citizen as well. So uh, it's just been so cool to connect with so many people. And even now in triathlon, especially in ITU, um, just meeting so many different women and, and men from around the world. Um, yeah, and just hearing about their life experiences. I think we just learned so much from just opening those doors. So that was really cool. And then in high school, uh, that's correct, I, I started to get into running. So I initially joined the cross country team to stay in shape for swimming. So by then I was definitely becoming more serious and competitive with swimming, um, but decided just on a whim to, to, to go ahead and try running too. And very thankfully, I mean, praise, praise God, um, I had a lot of success that first cross country season and uh, my coaches uh, at the time just, they convinced me that you have to do track now, <laughs> it's not an option. So um, very thankfully I had wonderful coaches that allowed me to do both sports because I know at times certain high schools, you really have to focus on one sport, but luckily I got to do both cross country, indoor track, outdoor track, and swimming, which was in the winter, um, which I think only added to my, I, I, I think it was really the foundation that set me up for triathlon later on in life to be able to do uh, all those sports together, um, just because they complimented me so much as an athlete and allowed me to develop uh, as a female athlete, um, from, from that standpoint as well, uh, in a healthy way. Um, my coaches were definitely very low mileage, high quality, supplementing with cross training, swimming, sometimes on the stationary bike. Um, we did strength. So uh, def definitely developed a very healthy uh, perspective in, in, regards, in regards to running and swimming early on. Unfortunately, I uh, definitely felt that pressure to uh, yeah, just to, to really lean down and focus in college, which led to issues I had later on. But early on, I, I would say I, I did have a um, fairly healthy relationship with the sport. Uh, during high school, I, I would say it definitely was very much my entire identity, though. Um, very much a roller coaster ride of emotions. If I lost or won, would just become very depressed if I did not well in a race and was just elated over the moon if, if I, I did very well. So uh, that was definitely an area I still really needed to grow to be able to, yeah, just to be be where I am today and um, move forward um, and, and continue to progress in the sport. And I think during, you know, maybe those like high school years of competition, I think you were in Northern Virginia um, for a good chunk of that time. And that's a region known for producing like top athletes of, you know, the high, high caliber, um, across a range of sports. Um, a lot of them come from the area where you grew up and you were competing. And, you know, you've talked about like your parents seem to have kind of a, a sense of balance and they didn't want you to really burn out on one thing and, and too much pressure. And you talked about some really great coaches you had as well that seemed to have, um, that a similar kind of mindset with that. But, you know, you also have said in in um, another interview I was reading where you you did have a lot of like anxiety just surrounding mm -hmm. your own performance and the pressure that sports was putting you. Do you think it was just like a by nature of the competitive environment where you were racing, or mm -hmm. was it just mm -hmm. pressure you put on yourself and you were just like a a kid that always wanted to you know be the best? Yeah. No. I mean, 
I think a combination of things, those things, I think, first of all, my personality is very much, I, my parents always say, I hate to lose more than I like to win. And I think for a long time, it really spoke to that crossing the finish line and not really feeling elation or excitement or satisfaction, but feeling relief that I didn't lose, you know, and that for another day, you know, everyone sees, Oh, Sophie, Sophie won. It's, it's all good. Um, and that can provide, a, I think, a little bit of motivation, you know, looking at other times or co- somewhat comparing, you know, where you're at to where other people are at can provide a motivation, at least see where the standard is. You know, obviously we see, oh, Daniela Reef, you know, she's the standard right now, I feel, in, in women's long horse triathlon. So what is she running? What is she swimming? How can I get there? How can I close that gap? But um I, I think we can also go too far down that line. And I definitely went too far that line of, of comparing myself to other athletes to just a bad extent. And I think Instagram and Facebook and, you know, we're constantly bombarded by social media nowadays uh, can, can kind of cause that and contribute that to that as well. So um, yeah, I, I, I would say my anxiety struggles in, in high school, they, they were difficult, but it definitely became heightened in college. And I think that's where the anxiety that I had really started to come out in really negative behaviors um, and disordered eating, um, just sleeplessness, uh, other symptoms that I didn't necessarily have in high school and that my parents were able to kind of navigate around. Um, but but yeah, I... I definitely resonate with with young women that are facing that. And really the best advice I can give is, first of all, not finding your entire identity in the sport. Um, that's something I've learned along the way. And for me, my identity is in Christ. And that's not something that can be taken away from me. I know that the Lord loves me, whether I have the best race, the worst race. Um so just finding that satisfaction and that joy and that freedom in Christ has really given me just the tools and the ability to ride those those times that were dealing with anxiety and bad races and other things and, and come out on the other side, a stronger, more resilient athlete in person. Um, I think the other thing is, is not comparing yourself to others and focusing on your own journey, your own progress. Uh, that's something I've learned along the way, too. And it's so important to focus on your own journey and not try to find a shortcut with that process. And I definitely try to find shortcuts in terms of losing weight and having these amazing performances. But as we all know, you know, there, there are consequences to that long-term for female health. Um, so I, I'm just very thankful that I was kind of able to stop before I hit really bad consequences with that. But that, whole situation really taught me, hey, I need to focus on my own progress, um, do it in a healthy way where I'm developing. And I think oftentimes we may look at, you know, somebody that is 25, 30 and, and see their body as an athlete and we're like, wow, she's so fit and she's just incredible. But, you know, that athlete has been developing for 10, 15 years. Um, you know, a high school athlete is has only been running or developing for you know, one, two, three years. So how you're going to look and perform at 16 versus 30 is just completely different. So I think it's just really committing to that process and and knowing that there are ups and downs. But um, if you just commit to being healthy, commit to 
focusing on what you can control and um, yeah, just enjoying the process. Uh, I think coming out on the other side, a happier and healthier athlete. And Sophie, you were back-to-back cross-country high school state champion in Northern in Virginia, and you also had a 5K course state record there, very fast, 1724, very fast time for a high schooler. And you ran at Stanford. You mentioned running in college. So I'm curious when you talk about this, you know, this path, this journey that you went on, and the, and the difficult transition. When did you recognize that? Like, was it, you know, was it in college? Was it, um, you know, when? And you, you say that you found this other identity and you were able to, you know, separate yourself from Sophie, the athlete and Sophie, the person, it sounds like, did you do that while in college? Yes. Yeah. So college really is, is the moment where I I had that identity stripped away from me, the athlete identity, especially the first two years there. So going into Stanford, uh, you know, very thankfully was even, even able to make it into the school. It was an incredible opportunity. So such a blessing, very thankful for it. And, um, immediately going in, I, I did feel a lot of pressure, uh, as sort of the, the big recruit in a sense, um, going in, especially for cross country. So to combat that, that anxiety, that pressure I felt, uh, I definitely tried to speed up the process and, um, really tried to lean down, uh, really tried to just go all in on running. Um, my coach, uh, bumped me up in mileage quite a bit and I was no longer swimming just doing a lot more mileage and I immediately got super injured. (laughs) So definitely don't recommend doing those things. Um, But yeah, I had basically had back-to-back stress fractures in my femur and then in my tibia. Um, Yeah. All within the same year, my first year at Stanford. And that was just such a blow Um, just, just to my identity uh, as, as well as sort of the goals and the future I saw for myself in this sport. Um, I've always wanted to, to go professional in a sport and, and to continue on and be successful. And so it really brought those doubts and those questions in my mind of, Hey, am I cut out for this? Um, and so, yeah, at the time, um, I, I definitely started to have really unhealthy mental habits as well as physical habits that came out, And I think really looking back on it, I just see God was in control and sovereign over that whole thing, because I think he really had to take those things away from me to to realize that I could only trust in him and place my identity and satisfaction in him. And um, and then during in my sophomore year, uh, I also got mono um, and was was dealing with some chronic fatigue from that as well. And so that just kind of added fuel to the fire there for a while. But it was really during that time in college where, yeah, I just I just had to find myself um, in in the Lord and and also begin to enjoy and and find myself in other way, ways, whether that was in school with history and. Uh, other activities in either the church or uh, at Stanford and, and meeting new people and becoming part of new clubs and, and mentorship programs and other things. And um, yeah, I, I think it, it was just an incredibly developmental time for me and I'm very thankful for it. You know, I would go back and do it again <laughs> uh, if I had to do it again, because I don't think I would be where I am today if, if I hadn't gone through those things. Um And yeah, I think really set me up for those second two years at Stanford where 
uh, I was able to approach my coach and talk through some things from a training perspective. Uh, I pretty much gained all the way, all the weight back that I had lost um, purposefully um, plus some. So that was a little bit difficult to deal with coming back from those injuries and from mono and being at quote unquote heavier weight and body composition that I, I didn't feel confident in. Um, but just learning, Hey, my body is healthy. Um, I'm having, you know, normal, uh, female cycles. I'm, I'm eating well, I'm sleeping much better. So just continuing on and progressing from that point forward. And really my senior year is when I started to see the results come and finally breaking those high school PRs. And it was just a really special moment knowing I'm doing it this the right way. You know, I'm not trying to take a shortcut. I, I, I'm treating my body with respect and I know that this is a platform I can develop healthy habits down the road that I can continue to be an athlete, but also hopefully God willing one day be a mom. And, you know, and, and it's just incredible, uh, just the opportunities I had at Stanford and very thankful for them. Wait, or sorry, I wanted to ask real quick, but yeah. did you, um, did you have help doing this? Was there a coach, a teammate, someone within the church that helped you during that time? Or was it just, did you do it on your own? No, I definitely had help. Uh, my teammates were just wonderful. Uh, so many great girls on the team at Stanford, um, especially my friend, Kathy, who was, uh, just a really strong Christian teammate. And she really encouraged me that during that time, uh, my friend Molly also on the team, just such a special person, Danielle, um, and my coaches. Uh, so coach Milt was the coach when I first got there and he kind of took a step back from the women during my sophomore year and coach Liz DeBull came on. And I think just adding that female perspective from a coaching role really helped as well. Um, cause she could really understand, you know, where we are at as, as women in college and sort of the stresses and pressures that we faced that can be a bit unique from men at times. So, um, I think, you know, all the combination of those things really helped as well as we just had an amazing staff of medical doctors. Uh, we had PTs, um, we had people that were chiropractic. So there was just, they were attacking it from all different standpoints. We worked with a nutritionist for a while. So, uh, definitely thankful. Um, I think there was still some gaps in the system and sometimes I felt like people sort of fell through the gaps a bit, but I think the conversation is just growing and continuing now and, and women are getting the support that they need in, in collegiate uh, formats um, for running, especially, but, you know, many other sports, I think women deal with these issues as well. And Sophie, at some point during um, this, you also kind of found yourself into getting recruited with the USAT um, mm -hmm. collegiate recruitment program, right? So at what point did that kind of come into play? Yeah. So during my senior year, I, I definitely felt like I still had potential. So running was definitely coming along, but I was nowhere near the times and the cut that a lot of the, the professional runners are at. And I was still enjoying running, but I think swimming and biking always made me enjoy running more, especially in high school and just having that balance. Cause I, I know when I had just focused on running, it could get a bit intense for me and I just enjoyed having that balance of different sports as well. Um, you know, when running's not going well, biking and swimming is going well, or when swimming's not, you know, maybe the others are. So it definitely helps to have more uh, sports there. So 
around this time, I also began talking with Barb, Lind Barb Lindquist, who was uh, the recruiter for USA Triathlon for many years, also a former Stanford alum, uh, Olympian, I believe in Athens, uh, in, in Sydney and Athens in 2000, 2004, just an incredible woman, incredible mentor to me. And so she was actually at a track meet and they recruit uh, post basically post-collegiate athletes. So D1 swimmers and D1 runners primarily that have a background in the opposite sport for the collegiate recruitment program is what it's called, CRP. And so uh, I heard about the program and I thought, wow, this, this could be a great fit. So basically they had a qualification process where they took us down to Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, they ran us through some swim tests primarily. Uh, we had to hit certain benchmarks on the run. Um, they also wanted to kind of see where we were at with the bike, although that wasn't as important because it's very a very teachable, coachable skill versus running and swimming. They they felt were uh, a bit more uh, important in in terms of having that background. So very thankfully, um, praise God, I was offered a spot uh, near the end of my senior year, and I knew I just had to take the opportunity and. Um, yeah, and so packed up my things, graduated in 2017, and then moved down to San Diego to start that journey. And sorry, we we just we have so much to ask you about this, yeah. but um, you know, you definitely found success kind of in that ITU career, but it sounds like mm -hmm. the lifestyle of the ITU racing wasn't like mm -hmm. what fit, right? So, um, you know, we've we've interviewed some ITU athletes and. It, they are constantly traveling, living out on the mm -hmm. road, out of a suitcase, that kind of thing. So, um, like, did you ever have, when I guess did the non like draft legal racing kind of come into play and was that in the back of your mind through the ITU circuit racing that you were doing? Right. Yeah. So initially I would say no, just because I was so focused on the Olympic goal, the Olympic dream. I mean, obviously so many athletes, it's, it's an incredible, honorable goal to have to make the Olympics, especially to represent the United States. And that was definitely a goal of mine um, going into, into triathlon as well. And um, yeah. And I think, I think initially I, I, I think I knew I was maybe slightly better suited to the longer course racing, physiologically speaking, just based on some power numbers as well as VO2 max and a couple other numbers. But at the time, I, I really didn't have the experience or understand sort of the differences between ITU and long course so much. And that Olympic goal was just still so important to me at the time. And so I think pursuing that route up front was, was incredible and just all the experiences I had and all that I learned from ITU, I think has, has made me a better long course athlete. And it's really set me up uh, to be able to handle the pressures and sometimes different obstacles in, in long course that we face. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a combination of things. It's definitely always in the sort of the back of my mind, um, but really came to a head this past year and, and, made the decision actually to actually start training for 70.3 in February of this year. So it's uh, <laughs> definitely still very uh, new and, and fresh, but I'm super excited to, to move forward. And, and again, I think just fresh new goals. And, you know, you guys had mentioned also the lifestyle of ITU. I think contributing to that decision to, to move from ITU to long course was definitely getting married. And 
I've always, God is number one in my life, but my husband is second and my marriage is an utmost priority to me. And, um, ITU lifestyle definitely makes it very difficult to, to maintain a marriage. And, you know, I applaud women that can be abroad for six or seven months and, you know, that, that works for them. It didn't work for me. Um, it would have been really, really difficult for my husband and myself to maintain just uh, the level of connection and communication, uh, that we felt like we needed, um, to, to continue to do well in our marriage. And I think especially because he is in the military, it makes it a lot more difficult, uh, to, especially if he was deployed or, somewhere else. Um, and I was also across the world somewhere. So I think the domestic based circuit was a lot. Yeah, it was just more attractive to me uh, as an option and just having a bit more independence in uh, race choice, uh, where I wanted to go and race, whereas ITU, it's very much you need to do these races, you need to do World Cups, you need to WTS to make sure you maintain your rankings and your points. Um, and to continue to move up. And, and obviously the, the U.S. women are super deep, super competitive, um, you know, just incredible women. And I, I still have so many friendships with, with ITU women as well. And we'll definitely be cheering them on um, in their pursuit of Tokyo gold. So uh, it's, it's awesome. And I have so much peace with it. I mean, even looking back on it, I, I have no reservations about switching over to long course and um, I think these last two races have definitely, even more so, uh, given me confidence of, hey, you know, physiologically speaking, I am better suited to this racing and I just enjoy it more. I enjoy the training. I, I love what I do. I wake up motivated, whereas with sort of the draft legal and, you know, sprint swimming and the pontoon store starts that always gave me a lot of anxiety to begin with. And I just, it, it kind of contributed to me not really enjoying that form as, of racing over time, I would say. I, I kind of began to lose joy over that form of, of racing and started to almost dread it more than I <laughs> enjoyed uh, jumping off of a pontoon with 60 women all at the same time <laughs> on top of each other. So, <laughs> Sophie, was Galveston your first ever half marathon? Uh, so I've run a half marathon just uh, a flat half marathon, not flat, but a half marathon on its own, not after a triathlon. Um, but that was definitely my first 70.3 race. Okay. I was just curious because mm -hmm. sometimes it is that someone's like first half marathon. First have, you ever done, have you ever done a marathon? Just a I've never done a marathon. Mm -hmm. not. Does Ironman intrigue you? I mean, I know this is early. You've done two 70.3s, but just <laughs> curious. I mean... Oh yeah. No, it's funny. Cause I mean, even after St. George, I was like, wow, maybe if I had had another half marathon to go, I could have, you know, moved up a bit more, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I definitely, it's, it's not off the table. I think if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I'd be like, no way you're crazy. But I, 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 yeah, it's, it's definitely not off the table for me. I I'd like to continue to progress and develop at the half distance. And I think, especially with the opportunities offered, uh, with the PTO and challenge and, uh, Collins cup, really focusing in on that, that half, even sometimes less international distance racing is just super fun. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the distance. I think it keeps it a little bit more intense and, and media friendly in terms of like the rivalries. And I mean, seeing Sam long and Lionel go at it, you know, over that last 5k is just, it's, it's cool to see how fast the racing has become. And, 
I mean, I can only imagine in a couple years, we'll see women doing an Ironman and finishing, you know, 30 seconds apart or something insane like that. But <laughs> I think we've seen it. Wait, what is it? Oh, 19, what was, um, I'm sorry, I should know this, but, uh, Karen Smyers, or not Karen Smyers, that one's closer, but, uh, Julie Moss, that's still the closest. Oh, yeah. That was under a minute. Yeah. Under a minute, 1982, that's Julie Moss and Kathleen McCartney is under a minute. I think that's still, I think that's the closest ever in, in Kona, men or women. That's incredible. Still. Yeah. So, but no, it is super, super fun. Um, I, I wanted to ask, what was your time in your half marathon without a swim and bike before? I think I went, so I did the half marathon in December, 2020, and it was on a super hilly course. I think there was 1300 feet. It was very similar to St. George probably of elevation gain. So I went 115, I believe maybe a little under 115, but I mean that, that also was at the time I was still kind of back and forth about ITU versus long course. And I was actually already on the start list for Claremont and was thinking about Sarasota too, but that race really, I just loved it. I mean, I was wrecked for days. My legs were just torn up, but I just loved that distance and I just felt super strong in that race. And I think that that was also a contributing factor of, Hey, let's go try a 70.3 and try to do a bunch of stuff and then run a half marathon. (laughs) And it's a slippery slope. I have to say where Mm -hmm. you start thinking when you get to the end that you just needed more real estate, because in my life I get to the end of the marathon and I'm like, Oh, well, if this is only a double marathon, I can catch everyone then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Sophie. And so during all this time, and you've touched on um, this a little bit, but you at some point with post-collegiately reunited with a high school friend who has now become your husband, Hunter. Uh And so Hunter's in the military. um, And, you know, I know from my military friends and stuff like that, who have spouses in the military, that life as a military spouse is, can be a full-time job Mm -hmm. at times. Right. So how are you managing kind of that aspect of life with triathlon? And, um, you know, can you give our listeners a little bit of insight into how that works? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, first of all, I'm just, I'm super proud of him. Um, he's definitely very, he's more quiet and, you know, he would never talk about it himself, but, um, he's just worked so hard to, to be able to, to go into the Navy now as an officer. And so for the last six years, he was actually in the army reserves. So each month he goes to the reserve unit and a couple times a year, he will also go for multiple weeks to go serve somewhere in the country, uh, whether it be in Laredo, Texas, he was two years ago. Uh, I think he was up in Kentucky doing some work up there this last summer. So, um, yeah, just very thankful, uh, for his service and just constantly inspired by him. And, uh, I think that's just, just what inspires me to do what I do too. Um, just on a daily basis, just seeing his diligence and hard work and, um, yeah, just his desire to serve other people. You know, he always puts other people's people first. And I think that really, just motivates me and helps me recognize, Hey, I, I have a greater purpose in triathlon too, than just hopefully winning races and having good outcomes. It's, you know, connecting with people and, uh, sharing this journey with other people, encouraging people. So, but yeah, it's definitely difficult. I'm, I'm very thankful for my mom. Uh, so she was obviously a Navy wife for, uh, 28 years. Uh, and she was just, I mean, incredible model and example to me has always been, uh, to me and my siblings. And 
just to see what she's done for for us uh, over the years and how she's encouraged us. A lot of times when my dad would be away at sea for six months, I mean, she was raising three young children all on her own. Um, her parents unfortunately passed away when she was quite young. So she truly was in, in many ways sort of on her own um, to, to be raising us and just the strength and courage it, it took from her to do that uh, also has inspired me. And she just gives me so much great advice on, on how to kind of navigate deployments and uh, moving even. That's kind of what we're dealing with right now is packing up everything in Kingsport and, and where to put it and, and where it needs to go. Um, so definitely very, very grateful for her support. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just intentionality. And that's kind of been our word in our marriage since the very beginning is having a very intentional marriage and having great conversations, asking questions, never stop getting to know each other and to getting, getting to know each other on a deeper level. Um, and just being focused on that has just been incredible. And I think hopefully will help us a lot because as when he goes into the OCS, uh, program up in Newport, uh, Rhode Island in probably about three weeks now, which is crazy. We won't be able to talk uh, for the first three weeks. And I think then we get a five minute conversation on Sundays for the, the following uh, two months that he's up there. It's a three month program. And then he will commission and go to supply and logistics school, which is what he's becoming an officer for. And then we'll then be uh, at our first duty station, which could be anything. It could be in San Diego. It could be in Florida. We don't really know yet where the Navy will send us. That was another reason we decided to go Navy instead of the Army, just because the bases are on the water. They're beautiful. So <laughs> hopefully we'll get somewhere good. And um, definitely I've experienced trading in San Diego, so wouldn't mind that. <laughs> A little strategy to the service. Um, Sophie, we wanted to bring up one interesting story before we let you go. But last November, you posted about running in your local turkey trot, a 5K, and you broke 16 minutes, which had been a huge goal for yours of yours during your whole running career. But you did it, you know, 10 years after you probably initially set that goal. While you're a, a more of a triathlete than a runner, we've seen athletes like Beth Potter most recently mm -hmm. in the UK, you know, run these incredible times while adding in cycling and swimming to their training. Do you think that helps? Oh, a hundred percent. I I'm a huge believer that cross training as a runner or as a triathlete has made me a better runner than I ever was in, in high school, even in college. Certainly. Uh, I think just, on the body, you know, swimming and biking as well. You could also do many other activities that just offer that uh, non-low impact where you can still get in great aerobic, anaerobic work, but not tax the body in the way that running often does just with the pounding. So yeah, I mean, so inspired by Beth Potter and just incredible because I know her story a little bit. She also tried to make the Olympics, I think, in, in track and it would be so cool to see her try to make it but when I mean, we see it even with lucy charles barkley as well where you know she swam in the trials years back and and now she's swimming probably better than than she was ever with with triathlon training so it's uh it's cool and i think it 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 also shows the world of track and the world of swimming that there are many different ways to to train for an event that can make it make your performances even better. So um, definitely a big believer. 
And Sophie, when we talked to Heather Jackson the other day, she actually, I think this was while we were recording, she, I think, called you, you know, kind of the future of 70.3. And then you had a a great performance to boot. Um, And I think our listeners probably, you know, would assume that for someone like you, sponsorship comes quite easy and you might have a lot of people knocking at your door. But I actually saw on Instagram the other day, someone was asking you about sponsors and you said you didn't have any sponsors yet, but you're staying patient. So mm-hmm. Haley and I don't pretend to have any pull here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know who's listening. So, you know, who would be your dream partners for your career ahead? Yeah. Wow. I mean, first of all, Heather's awesome. She's so sweet for saying that. And I mean, she's like the, the icon of the sport. She's like Miss Triathlon USA. So she's awesome. And she's, she's just been so welcoming to me. And it's, uh, it's, it's awesome coming in because there's so many great women that are, I mean, I've talked to Jackie and, and Heather as well, um, and Sky, and, and they're just, they're just awesome. And they can really offer me so much perspective and, and also navigating sort of that sponsorship side of things too, which is super new to me. And, um, luckily both my husband and Ken have business backgrounds. So they've definitely been helping me navigate some conversations, um, and how to approach companies as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dream sheet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I'm definitely keeping my options open. Uh, I mean, I love Canyon. Um, the, the company, I mean, felt is amazing as well. Um, just track specialized, you know, there's just so many great bikes out there, uh, that are all just very competitive to ride on. Um, I think Canyon is awesome. I mean, just having seen what Lionel and, um, uh, Jan have been able to do on it and, and just the innovation and the aerodynamics and three years of work that I've gone into the speed max is just really cool. Um, yeah, I think other companies, uh, I really like Zoot. Obviously I was wearing their, their kit, uh, the last two races. I think people thought I was an age grouper, but <laughs> hopefully the kit was a good or looked good. So <laughs> What about um, running shoes? What about like, since that is your background, do you have a, uh, do you have thoughts on the running shoes? Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a carbon plated shoe all the way. Uh, I know some people are like, Oh, it's shoe doping, but you know, I think it's just technology progressing. You know, I, I think there has to be certainly a conversation around it. So I wear the Nike, uh, alpha flies. Um, but I've also worn the Nike next percents and, um, yeah, but I actually have started to dabble a little bit into Saucony. I've always been a Nike girl all the way. Uh, it would certainly be really difficult, I think, to ever get sponsored by Nike. But uh, Saucony is definitely something I would like to look into as well. They're they're just a really cool company. And um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed running in their shoes the last couple of months, too. So. Well, we will see. We are, we're excited to watch you. Sophie, do you know what's next? I know it's hard to plan things right now, um, but are you headed to Des Moines or, or are you busy moving? Yeah. So I'm likely doing actually the Williamsburg, I think it's REV3 triathlon. I'm still kind of deciding with my coach, but I think that's probably going to be the option just because I will actually be up in Northern Virginia back at my parents' house for about three months this summer, uh, while Hunter's up in Newport, Rhode Island. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just enjoying some family time, vacation time down here in Florida this week. And then we have two full weeks back in Kingsport, Tennessee, and then we put everything in a U-Haul and we load up and go to Northern Virginia where we drop off the stuff and we'll, we'll put it in a storage facility near my parents. And 
then get Hunter up to, to boot camp, and then I'll be back at home for, for those three months training and preparing, hopefully for, I'm thinking about NYC triathlon, potentially uh, Boulder 70.3, maybe doing a uh, camp out with my coach, with Coach Ken in, in Colorado Springs to just get some altitude training. And then um, hopefully, God willing, Collins Cup, that would be super amazing to qualify, uh, very competitive again. And, you know, there's six women that are all just amazing. I mean, more than six women that could be on that start list for that race. Um, so yeah, we'll just kind of let this, the chips again, fall where they may and uh, just do the best I can in my races and keep progressing. So I'm excited. Well, Sophie, thanks so much for taking the time today. We really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more and we look forward to seeing what comes of your summer ahead. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alyssa and Haley. And it was awesome getting to talk with you as well. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you guys. Haley, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician, but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on-demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within a few days. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash ironwomen and get started. The Iron Women podcast is grateful to Zelio Skincare for their continued support of the podcast. I'm always excited when I start pulling out the Zelio Sun Barrier more and more because that's a sure sign races are around the corner. And I'm going to be happier than ever using my Zilio's Race Relief Cold Therapy Muscle Gel because it means I actually got to do an in-person race this year. You can get your own Zilio Sun Barrier Race Relief Shower Products and Chamois Cream for 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN at teamzilios.com. Thanks so much to Sophie for coming on and talking to us. It's always really refreshing to hear from the women who are incoming into the pro ranks and um, for long course, I should say. And I'm just excited to see what she has, you know, coming up in her future. So all the best to Sophie. And you guys, our listeners, can register for the Feisty Triathlon Level Up Summit happening May 18th, 19th, and 20th, where you will get some bonus time with Haley and myself on one of the panels at feistytriathlon.com. Don't forget to use the code FEISTYFRIENDS in all capitals for $5 off that summit price, um, or just join the Feisty Triathlon team and you'll get it all included. Alyssa, I I think we can give everyone a sneak peek or sneak listen. I don't know. A, a, sneak a, tidbit? A, a sneak whisper. <laughs> Should I whisper it? Um, next week. Okay. So big race coming up on the horizon. Ironman Tulsa is the North American championship is happening at just like a week and a half after this, this episode airs and um, features a stellar field. Daniela Reef, Fred Schaffer win in St. George will be, is staying in the U S and racing in Tulsa. So always a, a treat to you know, see what she does. Brand new course. And we are going to do a little preview show next week with Oklahoma native Jess Jones and 
pro triathlete, Jess Jones, but she's going to give us all the, all the tips and tricks on Tulsa. So if anyone wants to get hyped for that race, I'm sure it's going to be like Facebook watch race and, um, should be, you know, a real fun one to watch. So we'll have Jess on next week too, to help us get excited. Yes. And if you have, if you have a Tulsa specific question that you are interested in hearing more about, send it to us at our mailbag, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Haley. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your week with your mother in California and get back to get back to work now in Bozeman. And I'll Bye, talk- Alyssa. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.